Covenant is here again. Join host Pastors Adama and Zama Segbaji for Covenant 2019 with the theme, Let My Covenant People Go, with special guest speakers, Pastors Taiwo and Nomthi Odekoya from the Fountain of Life Church, Lagos, Nigeria. Guest artists include Lydia Cobbs, Victory Voices, and Vine Song. Dates are 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night. The venue is the Caris Center, West Green Drive, Crawley, West Sussex, RH 11 7EL. Call 07938-494-294 or email info at solutionchapel.org. The website for more information is solutionchapel.org. Again, that's the 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night at the Caris Center. Don't miss Covenant 2019. Let my covenant people go. The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. The Holy Spirit is the best counselor on earth currently. But listen, he never forces his counsel on us. One of the key things I don't do is force counsel on people. Even when you come to this church and we give you counsel, we tell you, you make the final decision. Nobody will force you to abide by the counsel. It's good to see you all. We thank God for what he's doing. Uh, to him alone be all the glory. Amen. Well, are you ready for the word? Wow. I said, are you ready for the word? How many of you are enjoying the fasting so far? Uh, are you enjoying the fast? How many of you have not started yet? Okay, we have one, honest, is it David? David, okay. So how many of you haven't started yet? Okay, okay. How many of you have started? Praise God. How many of you are enjoying the fast? Good, good, good. Amen, we thank God. Well, we are preparing ourselves for Covenant 2019. Uh, the days are drawing closer and closer. And um, on the 7th of August, we start uh, through the 9th at the Curry Center. So I want you to start preparing yourself. Uh, tell someone, uh, tell people about it, and God will bless you. Amen. Well, are you ready for the word? Yeah. Okay, turn with me, please, in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 14, verse 26. John chapter 14, verse 26. And I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible. I read, it says, But the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to replace me and act on my behalf, 
He will teach you all things and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm teaching tonight on the message I have titled, The Holy Spirit, Our Counselor. The Holy Spirit, Our Counselor. So far, we have looked at the Holy Spirit, our helper. We've looked at the Holy Spirit, our comforter. We've looked at the Holy Spirit, our advocate. We've looked at the Holy Spirit, our intercessor. So today we are looking at the Holy Spirit, our counselor. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity. And when I talk about the Trinity, it doesn't mean God is three. God is one. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4, it says, Behold the Lord your God, he is one God. He is one, but he has different functions. Are you following me? So, uh, God is not three, God is one. And so, God came as, as his son. God came as uh, Jesus here on earth. He has to take on the, the form of a man so he can communicate to us. You say, how? Because a spirit cannot talk to a human being. For instance, if I'm a spirit and I'm talking to you, you won't be able to understand or see me. The only way uh, I could talk to you for you to understand me is for me to take on the form of a, a human being so that I can be like you so that whatever I say to you, you will understand. Are you following me? So God came as a, a human being just like you and I to redeem us because remember God is a spirit. John chapter 4 verse 24, Jesus said, God is a spirit and they that worship this God who is a spirit must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is a spirit but for God to be able to reach you and I, he has to take on the form of a human being. So Jesus was born here on earth to redeem us because the spirit God could not redeem a sinful man from his sins. It will only take a human being, man, to pay the equivalent of price requested. So God came as Jesus Christ and not only that, after Jesus finished his work here on earth, the sound is better like that. Yeah, it's good like that. After Jesus finished his work here on earth, he has to send the Holy Spirit because Jesus is not irresponsible. He is responsible. So he has to send someone to do what he was not doing. Are you following me? But in this case, the person he's sending to come and help us, he was going to come and do more and better than what Jesus was doing before. You say, how? Because when Jesus was here on earth, he could only be at one place at a time because he's a human being. 
for instance, you and I are human beings, so we are only at one place at one time. You can't be here and in your house at the same time because you are a human being. So for the work of Jesus to continue, he has to now send the Holy Spirit, another of his kind. Now let's read that scripture again in John chapter 14 verse 26. It says, but the helper, the comforter, the advocate, remember he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. And in my place to represent me and to act on my behalf, he, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things. And he will help you remember everything that I have told you. So the Holy Spirit just comes to do more of what Jesus did already. Because the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He can be at every place, everywhere, at the same time. So right now, the Holy Spirit is here with you. And at the same time, he's in your house. Whatever you've left home, the Holy Spirit is looking after it. The Holy Spirit is here in the UK and it's in China at the same time. The Holy Spirit is in your village Lagos, that village in Nigeria is there now and here at the same time. How is he able to do that? Because he is a spirit. He is omnipresent. Omnipresent means before time arrives, he is already there. Are you following me? He is everywhere at every time. So the Holy Spirit has different functions that we've looked at already. One of his functions is to help us. How many of you have been in situations where you needed help? You knock on everybody's door. The people you really thought would have helped you, they deserted you. And then all of a sudden, help came from unlikely source. From unexpected source. That's the Holy Spirit helping you. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He comforts us. When nobody is there to comfort you through your pain, the Holy Spirit comforts us. You know, there are some things you cannot share with everyone. The Holy Spirit knows what you are going through. And he comforts you when you really, really needed comfort. How many of you have been to church And then as I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit says something that you are believing God for that I did not know about. And you wonder, who told him? No one told me. The Holy Spirit is comforting you. Do you see how he operates? He is comforting you. He's our comforter. That's why we don't look for comfort in wrong places. Our comfort is in the Holy Spirit. He is our comforter. Amen. 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 I said amen. Amen. The the third function of the Holy Spirit is he is our advocate. An advocate is a lawyer. It's someone who pleads on our behalf. 
Have you been in situations where you needed somebody to advocate on your behalf? And there was no one. You, you, you go for the best lawyers and nothing was happening. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Holy Spirit, your advocate, begins to advocate on your behalf. As a matter of fact, one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is his advocacy happens in places of power. Where you are not there. Remember when we were looking at this? This, this is one of the messages I think everybody should listen to. When Gehazi was speaking to the king about Elijah, Elisha, and then the woman whom Elisha said to go seven years away, and when she came back, people are taking her land, people are taking her property, and I told you that woman was a very wealthy woman. And so when the woman came back the seventh year, Gehazi was in front of the king talking about the woman. Just when the woman appeared, Gehazi said, Oh, king, this is the woman that I'm talking to you about. Have you been somewhere where, you know, you come somewhere and somebody say, We were just talking about you. Especially if they're talking about you for the good reasons. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is our advocate. And not only that, the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. He intercedes on our behalf. An intercessor is someone who prays for you. Whilst you don't know what to do, he's praying for you. Whilst nobody is praying for you, he is praying for you. Why? Because his job is to intercede on your behalf. Is to pray that all things go well for you. When things are not going well, the, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. The Bible says that he intercedes with groanings that words cannot explain. I pray that you engage the ministry of the Holy Spirit to intercede for you. Because, you know, there are some things you can't tell your prayer partner. Because the next time, the next thing you tell... Uh, in a prayer partner, they'll come to the church. Praise the Lord. I have a testimony. Hey, people are suffering. People are suffering. People, church, people are suffering. And then the next thing you hear, they start sharing what you ask them to pray with you on. You did ask them to come and stand publicly and tell people what you are going through. One of the key things we don't do in this church is everything people tell us in a, in a counseling environment is confidential. No pastor comes to stand here to preach about you. Or to tell people about what you're going through. No, that's not church. The Bible is too big to preach about somebody. We haven't finished preaching from Genesis to Revelation yet. And you have come and you are preaching about somebody. Why don't you focus on the Bible? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
So the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. He intercedes on our behalf. He prays for us when no one is praying. Remember, he never sleeps nor slumbers. He is awake 24-7. He is always praying for you. He is interceding on your behalf. Hallelujah. Have you ever, have you ever wondered sometimes, you know, you are there and then, you know, all of a sudden a miracle happened and you never prayed for it. You never put it on your expectation card and you wonder, how did this happen? Remember the Holy Spirit, your intercessor. He was praying for you. Hallelujah. So tonight we're going to look at the Holy Spirit, our counselor. The Holy Spirit, our counselor. Who is a counselor? A counselor is someone who gives advice. Let's put it that way. A counselor is someone who gives advice. Now, a counselor can give both good advice and bad advice. We'll see shortly. A counselor can give both good advice and bad advice. And also we are going to look at different counselors. There are those who give good advice and there are those who give very, very, very bad advice. Especially if they want what you have. They'll give you bad advice. Because they're wondering, how come you have it and I don't have it? Oh, Father, deliver us from bad counselors. Why don't you pray that prayer? Say, Father. Oh, open your mouth and say it with conviction. Say, Father, deliver me. From every bad counselor. Let's say it again. Say, Father, deliver me from every bad counselor. Say it with conviction. Say, Father, deliver me and my family from bad counselors. There are some bad counselors. I was reading a news article about someone who won the lottery about five years ago and someone gave him a bad counsel of investment to invest his money (laughs) and he lost all his money. (laughs) And for your information, anyone who wins the lottery, their money finishes within five years. And most of the time, they become poorer than they were before. So I pray for you that God will deliver you from every bad counselor. Whether in the area of your business, in the area of your investment, in the area of your children, in the area of your relationships, that area is an area you have to really, really watch. Or in the area of your marriage. You have to watch that area very well. I remember when we were going to get married. On the day we were getting married, 
one of the pastor's wife told my wife, guard your marriage viciously. That's a good advice. That's a good counsel. It says, guard your marriage how viciously. It says, why would the pastor's wife tell another pastor's wife to be that? Because she has seen over the years how some church members want the pastor. <laughs> because these days in the day of fake and false prophets, somebody will give you a prophecy that I see you marrying a pastor. And then you come to this church and say, ah, this is the one, the fake prophet. Well, in, in context, you say, this is the one the, the prophet said I'm going to marry. And you come, you like the pastor, yet he's already married. Because what you need to understand is that the anointing draws both good and bad. The anointing upon David drew Goliath. The anointing upon David drew Saul. And among all your friends, your personality also draws the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's why it's always better to make your husband or your wife your only friend. Your only friend. How many of you knows that the cat's favorite meat is fish? Can you put fish around cat and cat will not eat the fish? Huh? No matter how full the cat is, by the time you come, you see the cat play with the fish. <laughs> so you have to be careful. Have you not heard stories that the bridesmaid, who is the best friend of the bride-to-be, took the groom away from the bride. Have you not heard it? Have you not heard that the best friend of the lady took the husband? Did you not hear it? It's happened in my case before. Yeah. When we first got married, in the early years, one of my friend's best friend, best friend, she came all the way from South Africa here. And she stayed in our that was the first, we gave her our bed. We had a one bedroom flat. We gave her our bed and we were sleeping in the lounge on an on a air bed. And then one day my wife was not there. My wife had gone to work and then I had gone out. She was in the shower. She had opened the door. When I entered, the door is open. She, I said, hey, what are you doing? The devil is a liar. Yeah, best friend. After I said, baby, this best friend wants what you have. This is the first and the last. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. 
I won't finish the story. <laughs> I have finished the story. So let's be careful. Amen? Amen. Guard what you have. Guard what God has given you. Enjoy what you have. Because somebody wants what you have. Jesus had the spirit of counsel. Therefore, he operated in the highest level of his ministry whilst he was here on earth. Isaiah chapter 9 from verse 6 to 7. The Bible says that for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward. Even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So, notice one of the spirits that was upon Jesus, the spirit of counsel. Verse 6 of Isaiah 9, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Show that there represents responsibility. You see, and his name will be called Wonderful. So one of the names of Jesus is Wonderful. The other name of Jesus is Counselor. He is a counselor. Can I tell you something? The best counsel I have ever received is from church. I knew how to speak well in, from church. I knew how to dress well in church. I knew how to relate with people in church. I knew how to give to people in church. I knew how to smile to people in church. You see, when you have Jesus as your counselor, he will always counsel you well. Are you following what I'm saying? Have you noticed that every time you come to church and you leave, your life is better than before you came? That's what Jesus does. He is our counselor. So out of his good counsel, he gives us good words. The Holy Spirit is the best counselor on earth currently. But listen, he never forces his counsel on us. One of the key things I don't do is force counsel on people. Even when you come to this church and we give you counsel, we tell you, you make the final decision. Nobody will force you to abide by the counsel. Are you following what I'm saying? You, nobody forces counsel on you. You see, what counseling does is counseling illuminates you. It gives you clarity on the subject matter. And then you go home and make choices based on the counsel you have been given. So the Holy Spirit is the best counselor on earth currently, but he never forces his counsel on us. Now his counsel, the Holy Spirit counsel, only works in yielded vessels. 
People who are willing. Like we say, you can force a horse to the river, but you can't force the horse to drink the water. So, if you're not yielded to the Holy Spirit, if he gives you counsel, you won't take it. And that counsel will not work for you. The best counsel I have received as a pastor came from the Holy Spirit. Even just last week, I was praying and, and asking the Holy Spirit about something concerning the church. And then, boom, the counsel came. The best counsel, the best decisions we've made about this church came from the Holy Spirit. I didn't read it in a book. It came directly from heaven. That's why we have never gone down as a church. Never gone down. Because he is our best counselor. You see, now you see shortly, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, he knows, he knows everything. So if he knows everything, you want to go to the one who knows everything about that subject matter that you are facing. How many of you have teenage children and you give them advice and they think, oh, come on, mommy. Come on, daddy. They think they know better than you. But they don't know that you have been a teenager before. They don't know that you've been through that situation before. Do you understand? Now, the Holy Spirit knows everything about you. He knows you better than you know yourself. That's the Holy Spirit. He knows you better than you know yourself. And so, if there is any person you go for counseling, it's the Holy Spirit. Now, someone is asking, so how do I know that this counsel is from the Holy Spirit? You only know this counsel is from the Holy Spirit when you are fully yielded to him. Remember on Sunday, I said, we walk in the Spirit. You see, when you're walking in the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you know that this is his voice. Now, also, the only way you are going to know his voice is to develop an intimate relationship with him. That's why Jesus said, my sheep knows my voice and I am known by my sheep. Now, if you, you know my voice and you are standing somewhere and you hear my voice, you don't need to see before you know that that's me. Because over the years, you have heard me preach to you, teach you, so you know my voice. Anywhere you are and you hear my voice, you can immediately say, this is me speaking. Are you following me? So the same applies to the Holy Spirit. When you develop an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, when he tells you turn left, you know he is the one telling you to turn left. And you always know that he will not give you bad counsel. My grandmother, my, from my mother's side, was almost about 100 years old, over 100 years old before she died. But at some point, she lost her eyes. Even though she lost her eyes, when we come into the room and she asks, who is that? 
and we, I say it's me, she doesn't need to mention for me to mention my name. She knows who it is by the person's voice. How did she know that? Because over the years, there's been a relationship developed. So when you develop an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, when he is speaking, you know that this is the Holy Spirit speaking. You know without any shadow of doubt, this is the Holy Spirit giving you counsel and he will always give you the best counsel. He will never give you an evil counsel. That's why Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 12, the Bible says that, then the spirit lifted me up and I heard behind me a great thunderous voice. Blessed is the glory of the Lord from his place. Now, I heard behind me a voice. I heard behind me. How could you hear a voice behind you if you don't know who is speaking? That's why we have to develop an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Revelation chapter 1 verse 10, it says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a, a loud voice as of a trumpet. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. So if the Holy Spirit is going to counsel you, you have to be in the spirit, not in the flesh. If you are in the flesh, he can't counsel you. Even when he gives you counsel, you say, ah, no. You won't take it. Because remember, the Holy Spirit does not force his counsel on us. It's like telling maybe your child, uh, don't touch that fire. It will burn you. And then that child is asking you, how do you know, mommy? How do you know, daddy? <laughs> You've been there. You know that this fire will burn you. And then they ignore your advice. When they touch it, then they start crying. Mommy, mommy. And say, but I told you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So the best counselor on earth is the Holy Spirit. Listen, before you seek counsel from me, your pastor, before you seek counsel from a professional, please seek counsel first from the Holy Spirit. And let me say this, if you truly seek the Holy Spirit's counsel and you are uncertain and you are not sure about it, if you come to me, your pastor or a professional counselor, they will only confirm what the Holy Spirit has already told you. That's why the first person to always go to is the Holy Spirit. Not your pastor. Not your pastor. The first person you must always go to is the Holy Spirit. And when you go to him, he will always give you the right counsel. That's why the depths of the Holy Spirit's counsel are unsearchable. They are unsearchable. My dear brothers and sisters, they are unsearchable. Romans chapter 11, verse 33 to 36. 
Romans chapter 11 from verse 33 to 36. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Did you see that? For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Now, how can you counsel the counselor? <laughs> how can you give an advice to God? The one who knows all things. The one who knows you better than you know yourself. How can you counsel him? That's what the Bible is saying. It says, or who has first given to him? And it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and ever. How unsearchable are his judgments. And his ways are past finding. The word how unsearchable there means the depth of his wisdom is too deep. You can't, you can't reach it. How many of you have seen oil being digged before? They use an oil rig. And do you see how deep it goes? Sometimes 350 foot down. Sometimes 400 foot down. Sometimes 600 foot down. It has to go deep down before they can heat oil. Because things of great value, things of great significance are not on the surface. They are not on the surface. It has to go deep. That's why when the Holy Spirit gives you counsel about your marriage, you listen and you take it because he's been there before you. He, he was here before you and I showed up. Sometimes some of the best advice have come from my wife through the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm thinking about something. And then the Holy Spirit starts speaking through her. And I say, wow, this is the Holy Spirit right there. Are you following what I'm saying? His ways are past finding. There's no one who can say they know the Holy Spirit fully. No one. The day you say, I know him fully, then you no longer need him. I am going to say something that might seem as if I'm digressing on what I'm teaching, but I'm not. The Holy Spirit asked me to put it there and probably it's for someone. Every Christian, please write this down, every Christian functions at the highest level of counsel operating upon their senior pastor. But many take their progress through wise counsel for granted. I'll say that again. Every Christian 
functions at the highest level of counsel operating upon or in their senior pastor. But many take their progress, their promotion, their prosperity, their blessing through wise counsel for granted. How many of you know that every time you come to church, you are being given wise counsel? How many of you know that? Every time the word is being taught, the Holy Spirit is giving you wise counsel. There's been many times after preaching, someone, one of the members will come and said, I wish I heard what you were teaching now 20 years ago. I wish I heard this 30 years ago. I wish I heard this when I was young. I wish I heard this before I made all the mistakes I made in life. What's happening? Wise counsel is being dished to us on a daily basis. Now, I'm going to show you a scripture that is predicated on the counsel of God upon one of his children, and that's Job. So let's go to Job chapter 1 from verse 6 to 12. Are you getting something out of this? These are not things that are taught in church, so it's a bit deep, so just bear with me to, to land. We're going somewhere. Job chapter 1 from verse 1, from chapter 1 from verse 6 to 12. I read. It says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Now, let me just say this. Satan cannot be everywhere at the same time. He can only be at one place at one time. He is either in two or he is in fro. He goes to and fro. If he's not in two, he's in fro. If he's not in fro, He's in two. He can't be at two places at the same time. Because Satan is not God. He is not omnipresent. He cannot function like God. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. Are you following me? So he said, I was going to and fro. What verse are we on now? Verse 8. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man that feareth God and eschewed evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Do Job fear you for naught? Has thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he had on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. Look at the blessing of being associated to a God-chosen church for you. God causes whatever you're doing to be protected and sadly many people don't see the protection of God around them. 
like I've always said, it's only the devil that sees it. I learned this many years ago at the beginning of the ministry. When we started the ministry, uh, we started in Hackney. And there was this lady who was in the choir. And then, you know, one day she, she misbehaved and left the church. You know, and started telling wrong, you know, telling all the people in the church wrong things and trying to pull people out of the church. People came to tell me this is what this lady is doing. I said, okay, don't worry. Don't worry. We kept preaching. The day she left the church, the following day, I heard she was going to London or something, and then her legs got trapped in a train, in the door of the train. And the train was going. Her body was outside, her legs are trapped in the train, and the train was moving. While she was in the church, under the covering of the, of the church, she took it for granted. The moment she left the spiritual covering, this is what Satan did to her. That's why you must never take for granted the church that God has planted you in. Please don't take it for granted. You see, you don't see, you won't see the spiritual covering, but Satan sees it. Job never saw that the glory of God was upon him. Satan said, God, have you considered your servant Job? You think he's prospering? You, you think it's, the reason why he's worshiping you is because of nothing? He's worshiping you because you have blessed him. He is worshipping you because you have protected his children. He is worshipping you because you have, you have increased him on every side. And Job could not see the protection. Job could not see the hedge of fire. But Satan saw it. Listen, the glory of God covering you, you can see it, but the devil can see it. The devil's number one strategy is that he will remove you out of the glory so he can destroy you. So long as you are under the covering of the glory, the devil can touch you. Let me give you an example. We are currently in this hall. If it's raining hailstone now, will it touch us? Why? Because we are covered by the building. That is what happens when you are under a spiritual covering. You are covered. Don't take your spiritual covering for granted. Don't devalue it. That's why I pity people, especially people who come from uh, Africa. And when they were in Africa, they prayed, God, give me visa. Let me come to this country. When I come, I'll save you all the days of my life. Give me visa. Oh, God. And they'll fast for years, for months. God gives them a visa. They come to this country. They forget God. Because the devil's number one strategy is to pull you out of covering so he can destroy you. That's not the Bible said, then Satan said unto the Lord, does Job fear God for not? Has not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands 
and his substance is increased in the land. How did Satan see that there's a hedge around Job? Job didn't see it. Job never knew he had a hedge. But Satan knew Job had a hedge. Satan knows what you have more than you. <laughs> He's just trying to get you out. Once he can get you out, he can destroy you. The Holy Spirit put this here for someone. I don't know who. It seems as if it's a digression, but it's not. It has to do with counsel. Sometimes the counsel of your man of God covers you. There are people in this church who have asked me, Pastor, I'm going to do this. I tell them, don't do it. And sometimes they have gone ahead and done it and then it backfires. It's not that I don't want you to do it, but at this present moment, you're not supposed to do that. Jesus was a professional carpenter. Peter was a professional fisherman. Jesus told Peter, launch out into the deep. Peter said, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. But I love Peter's response. He said, nevertheless, at your word, I'll launch out. The moment Peter launched out, they caught a great multitude of fish. You say, but how? Jesus is a carpenter. Peter is a fisherman. But Jesus knew better than the fisherman. You see, sometimes you might be the expert on that subject. There are many people in this church who have been married many years than us. We are just 12 years in this journey. We just turned 12 years on Sunday. Glory be to God. 12 glorious years. It seems as if it's 12 days. I'm still on honeymoon. Praise God. I'm still enjoying this marriage. It's lovely. I'm telling you, it's, it's heaven on earth. I said it's heaven on earth. Praise Jesus. I can't stay away from my wife for one week. I get headache. I'm telling you, I get headache. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Those of you who can stay away for years, that's your business. Hallelujah. 12 years, when I touch my wife, she still gets goose pimples. Somebody say, when I touch my wife, she gets nothing. <laughs> you need a revival. Say amen. I say, you need a revival. Sometimes when I see my wife's picture, I say, whoa, my heart is still beating. When I see her, I'm, I'm not joking. I tell her everything. Today she came back from work. I looked at her. I said, oh, my goodness. God is making her new every day. Yeah. Every day. Why are you jealous? Those of you who are not clapping, you are so jealous. Hallelujah. Don't clap with your book. Clap with your hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Every day. The message of God, they are new every morning. 
I'm telling you. We are enjoying our marriage. Only 12 years. But listen, there are people in this church, married couples who have been married for 30 years. 35. Oh, 42. Someone, I, I forgot, not knowing we celebrate on the same day. Happy belated anniversary. 42 years. 42 years of, some of us were not born yet. Of marriage. But where's your, where's your bum bum though? But listen, upon all these years of marriage, these people have been through, they still come to us for counsel. Are you getting it? Never take your man of God's counsel for granted. It helps you. It covers you. It shields you. In so many ways. The devil said you have made a hedge around him. And what was the strategy? That God will remove the hedge. Verse 11, the Bible says that, but put forth thy hand. This is the devil advising God or giving God counsel. He said, but put forth thy hand now and touch all that he had and he will curse thee to thy face. Verse 12, the Bible says, and the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he had is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know the end of the story? Satan went, destroyed everything that Job had. Job did not curse God. At the end, Job got a double of everything he lost. Everything you have lost in the past, I decree restoration upon you. Say a good amen. You will receive that restoration in an unprecedented way in the mighty name of Jesus. So quickly as we get ready to close, let's go and look at different counselors in and around us today. Number one, there are wicked counselors. Wicked counselors. Nahum chapter 1 verse 11. Wicked counselors. Those who counsel us wickedly. Nahum chapter 1 verse 11. Nahum for your, for your information is in the Old Testament. It says from you comes forth one who plots evil against the Lord. A wicked counselor a wicked counselor. There are very wicked counselors around. And they'll give you a counsel that seems as if it's good. But the motive behind is wickedness. I pray for you that you will never go to a wicked counselor. Number two, there are evil counselors who give evil counsel. Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 22 it says, but if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned from their evil way and from the evil of their doing. Evil counsel. Beware of evil counsel. 
Not only that, beware of counselors who manipulate you. There are those who manipulate you with evil counsel. And most of the time, they'll give you good reason. And that evil counsel will seem as if it's a very good counsel. Hey, uh, uh, Sarah gave Abraham an evil counsel. They were looking for a child. They had no child. God had promised them, I'll give you a child. What did Sarah tell Abraham? Have Hagar. That's an evil counsel. It sounded right at that time. And may I say that when you are in desperate situations, be careful of the counsels you receive. Because when you are in desperate situation, an evil counsel will seem as if it's the best counsel. They needed a child. And the counsel Sarah gave Abraham is that, why don't you have a baby with Hagar? And you know the end of the story, when Abraham had a child with Hagar, Ishmael was born. Ishmael, up till now, is fighting Isaac. The Ishmaelites and their generation, up till now, is fighting the generation of Isaac. Be careful of the counsel you receive when you are in desperate situation. For instance, for instance, maybe something happens. You, are, you desperately need money. Let's just use for an example. Something happened and you desperately need money. And you knock everywhere. You don't get the money. You go everywhere. Everywhere. And let's say maybe you need about maybe 50,000 pounds. You knock on the bank, no money. You knock on the church, they say no money. Not that the church doesn't have money because in the past the church has given money to people, loaned money to people and they don't pay and they leave the church. And the church cannot use lawyers to go and knock on their doors. We leave them go with the money. So because of that, we don't loan money to church members in the church. They say, why? It's a church. It's not a bank. We are what? A church. We are not a bank. So we don't give loan to church members. So if you are looking for a loan, don't come to the church. And don't say the pastor is wicked. The church people are wicked. No, they are not wicked. Because in time past, people like yourself had come and spoiled the market. So the market is spoiled. <laughs> Amen. Now, so, so you need 50,000 pounds desperately. You knock on the door of the church, no. Door of the bank, no. Everywhere you knock, no. And then a friend comes and says, why don't you go to um, these shark loans, those who have, eh? Yeah, loan sharks. What are they called? Yeah, payday loans. Payday loans. Where their interest is, is like um, a thousand percent interest. 
Do you know when you are desperately in need of money at that time, you don't think about a thousand percent interest. It's just, ah, I'll pay, I'll pay next year. And then you go and get that loan. And for the rest of your life, you can't pay. That was an evil counsel given to you in a desperate moment. Beware of those. Number three, there are wise counsel. Wise counsel. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5. And this is a counsel I urge you to go for. Wise counsel. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5. It says, a wise man will hear and increase learning. And a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. A wise man will hear and increase learning. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. You see, it's not everyone in the church that has to be given wise counsel. Because, excuse my language, when you give a, a wise counsel to excuse my language, an un, unwise person, they will not appreciate your wise counsel. So it's better you don't give your wise counsel to an unwise person. Because every counsel you give them, they don't, they don't appreciate it. They, as a matter of fact, devalue it. That's why Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swines. Why? Because they will devalue it. That's why a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. In other words, they'll go for wise counsel. They'll buy it. They'll, they'll go for it. Whatever it costs to go for it, they'll go for it. Why? Because they know that when I receive this wise counsel, I will increase in learning in every area of my life. First Chronicles 27 verse 32, the Bible says that also... Jehonathan, David's uncle, was a counselor, a wise man, and a scribe. And Jehiel, the son of Hashemoni, was with the king's son, a wise man. He was a wise counselor. Always go for wise counsel. A wise counsel will put you on a safety pedestal in life. That's why Proverbs chapter 11 verse 14, it says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Say amen. amen. There is safety in wise counsel. There is safety in wise counsel. There is safety in in wise counsel. Every time you are given a wise counsel, it saves you. It puts you on a safe pedestal in life. Proverbs 24 verse 6, it says, for by wise counsel, you wage your own war. And in the multitudes of counselors, there is safety. For by wise counsel, Counsel, you wage your own war, not by, by, you know, anger and emotions. 
there are some wars that a wise counsel will tell you, ignore it. it the Bible puts it, it says, the prudent man sees a fight and avoids. It doesn't mean that he's not strong. Do you get it? There are some fights you don't have to fight. Because if you fight, they are going to bite off your ear like Evander Holyfield. Your ear is going to be beaten off. So wise counsel will tell you, it's okay, just let it go. It's not that you are not strong. You are strong. But wise counsel say, don't fight. As a wife, sometimes wise counsel will tell you, you don't have to have the last word on every matter. Because this marriage is not about who has the last words. And for your information, women have more words than men. Women have double or three times words than men. While the man is sleeping, you are still talking. That's why you need to pray in tongues more. And exhaust all your words before you go to bed. My wife is on the phone more than I am. I don't receive phone calls like she does. She gets so much phone calls. Praise God. I'm excited about that. I'm a man. I don't have many words. After I talk for a thousand words or two thousand, my words are finished. If you ask me anything, I just nod like Chechum. Oh, yes. That's it because my words are finished. So a wise counsel will tell you sometimes you need to you need to let go. You need to let go. As a pastor, it's not everything I see that I say. Amen. Sometimes I see things that I don't like, but wise counsel will say it's okay. Just let him do it. Let's let sometimes your children misbehave. You just you just see them and just let them be. There is a snake from where I come from, when children step on its tail, it shakes its head. It says, children don't know what death is. And that snake knows the difference between children and adults. One bite of that snake, you die instantly within five seconds. But when an adult steps on it, it strikes immediately. So even the snake knows the difference between the steps of children and the steps of an adult. So when a child steps on it, it says children don't know what death is because they are playing with death. Wise counsel. As we conclude, let's look at the dangers of having wrong counselors around you. <laughs> the dangers of having wrong counselors around you. I don't have the time, so I'll not read this. I'll narrate it. I encourage you to go home and read it. It's Second Samuel chapter 15 from verse 1 to 37. Second Samuel chapter 15 from verse 1. To 37. The background of this scripture has to do with Absalom. 
and David his father. David was the king and Absalom took over. He did a coup d'etat, took over from his father, took over his father's kingdom, ran his father out of the kingdom. But the interesting thing that Absalom was doing is that Absalom would wake up very early in the morning and go and stand by the way through which the people would go to the king. For instance, let's say like a church, if they are going to go to Jerusalem, Absalom will stand halfway and then he'll tell the people, why are you going to go all the way to Solution Chapel to worship? Why don't you go here? So Absalom is a diverting spirit. It diverts people from going to the right place of worship. Absalons can be friends in your life telling you don't come to this church. Their purpose is to divert you. So that was what Absalom was doing. He wake up very early in the morning. And not only that, when he wakes up early in the morning, he'll go and stand. And then when the people have issues, instead of the people going to the king, he'll say, ah, you see, this king, they don't care about you. You have problem, there is no one to settle your case. I told you, my father, David, is not a good king. I am the best king. That was what Absalom was doing. Because he had run his father out of his kingship. But you see, there is always a day for the Absaloms. And one of the strategies of the Absaloms is that they turn the heart of the children from their father. So sometimes they can be in the church and giving people evil counsel about the pastor to members in the church or in the community or in the area. They say, ah, you see, we told you. Pastor doesn't care about you. Maybe Sunday after we finish church, you, are you looking for a pastor to pray with you? Where is he? He's gone. But you don't know that whilst you are sleeping all night and you just woke up at 7 a.m. and came to church, Pastor was up all night through to Sunday morning. You don't know. It's ah, the pastor doesn't care. He doesn't care. My prayer works. <laughs> oh, my Lord have mercy. I wish I have time to really take you through this so you can see the characteristics of the absent. That's why he does. He turns the heart of the people away from the fathers. Turns away the, the hearts of the people from the church. Whilst in the church, destroying the church, giving people bad counsel, giving people in the church evil counsel. And so he meet you at the gate and say, are you coming to pay your tithe today? Ah, don't, don't pay your tithe here. Here, no, don't pay your tithe. Don't give your money here. That's the Absalom. When, when you are sent as a pastor to a branch, and you turn away the heart of the people to your heart. You don't know what you are dealing with. That's the Absalom spirit right there. So Absalom ran his father out of his kingdom. Now his father is on the run. But there's one person I want us to talk about. His name is Ahitophel. Ahitophel was David's counselor. The Bible says that the counsel of Ahitophel is like the counsel of God. Every time
when Ahithophel counsels David, that counsel sounded as if this has come from God directly. And so now Ahithophel had left David and now he's with Absalom. Now remember, Ahithophel had been with David all these years. So Ahithophel knows the secrets of David's kingdom. He knows everything about David because the success of David's kingdom was predicated on Ahithophel's counsel. Now Ahithophel is moved from David's camp to Absalom's camp. Oh, this is powerful. And so Ahithophel counseled Absalom what to do to be able to kill David. And when you read this scripture, the Bible says that, and David at one point, as he was being run out, he went on the Mount of Olives, barefooted. And once he was climbing the mountains with his head covered, he was crying and weeping. And when he was weeping, that his kingdom has been taken away from him, then one of the people said, Ahithophel is also now part of Absalom. It made the situation worse. If you read two chapters later, Ahithophel was actually giving Absalom counsel how to capture David in his place of weakness. Can I give you an advice? Don't tell your best friend every weakness about you. Because your best friend today will be your worst enemy tomorrow. Jesus never taught his, he never took all his 12 disciples to the same place. He took the three to the Mount of Transfiguration. What they saw there, the nine did not see. It's not everyone. There were times Jesus was alone with two or one. He was alone with three. He was alone with the nine, was alone with the 12, and then the 120. You have to learn that there are circles in friendship. It's not everyone you go and tell them, oh, this is my weakness, like something. You tell Delilah, you know, Delilah was something's best friend. If you tie my hair, I'll be weak like any other man. Why would you play with your area of weakness? Why would you play with your area of weakness? As a pastor, I don't hug women. They say, oh, he's a weak pastor. Hey, fine, you keep it. I keep my, you know, I don't hug you. I'm protecting you. I'm protecting me. Because there is what we call the Me Too generation. Or the Me Too movement. I don't hug no woman except me wife. I've got more than enough to hug, praise God. Because I don't want to hug you and at one moment electricity goes through you and goes through me and then when I'm in my bed, I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming about hugging you and you're also dreaming about hugging me. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? As, as a pastor, I don't give no woman a lift. No woman sits in my car apart from my wife. 
They say, it can be snowing. I'll drive, I'll say, hello, sister, how are you? Praise God. God will take care of you. I'll drive past. It's, 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 it's a wicked pastor. I'm protecting you. I'm protecting myself. Because tomorrow you say, hey, hello, sister. Hey, have you heard? Don't tell anybody. Pastor gave me a lift. When it was snowing, when I sat in his car, I sat where first lady sit. Mm, I felt like becoming the first lady. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? As a pastor, I will never call a lady in the church. You will never have my number. You say, why? I'm protecting you. I'm protecting me. Praise God. Not that I don't love you. I love you as my member. I care for you. By wise counsel over the years, I've been taught that when you are anointed, don't stay alone with the woman you are not married to. That was one of the first counsels I received before I got into ministry. He said, every time you finish preaching, that is one of your most vulnerable moments. Never stay with a woman that you are not married with. That's why David was the most anointed, yet the most weakest in the area of women. You have no idea. When the anointing comes upon you and lifts, you become the weakest of all men. That's why you have to be careful who is around you at that time. So never tell your best friend today your weakest point because tomorrow they might use it against you. Have you not just heard a leak memo from an American, a, a UK ambassador to the US leak memo calling the current administration inept? And as a result of that, he's gone. Why is it called leaked memo? Because it's written in secrecy. It's coded. Not everybody is supposed to know about it. <laughs> and out of the people that that person thought, out of about six or seven people, they said, one person who was supposed to be a best friend leaked what was supposed to be a secret. There are people around you listening, ready to leak what you are saying. Be careful who you call my best friend. It's my best friend. It's my best friend. Remember, my wife's best friend came to her house. In the shower, she opened the door. <laughs> he said, Pastor, what did you see? I saw nothing. I just shouted, hey, close the door. So why have you left the door open? The devil is a liar. I won't be here today. So, Ahithophel knew everything about David. Told Absalom David's weak points. And one key thing, oh, I love this. While Ahithophel was strategizing with Absalom, David was also strategizing with his men. 
And I love what David did. The Bible says that David sent a, a, a Bither, the high priest, to go and join themselves to Absalom and give Absalom counsel. So once the enemy has infiltrated the camp of David, David has also sent people into the camp of Absalom. And, and the Bible says that, and Ahithophel gave Absalom counsel. And <laughs> Absalom said, this is not a good counsel. And as a result of that, Ahithophel killed himself. Today we are going to pray a prayer that every counsel of Ahithophel against you and your family be destroyed. And as a result of that, Ahithophel went and hung himself. The Bible says he put his house in order and he hanged himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at, look at verse 31. We'll read that and we'll close. Verse 31 of 2 Samuel chapter 15. Now verse 30 says, And David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives and wept as he went up. And he had his head covered and went barefoot. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up weeping as they went. Verse 31, then someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, oh Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Amen. Say a good amen. amen. That's the prayer we are going to pray today. That God will turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And two chapters later, this prayer became a reality. The counsel of Ahithophel became foolish. Absalom didn't take it. And as a result, Ahithophel went, put his house in order, and hanged himself. The Holy Spirit, our counselor. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will bring around you the right people. To give you the right counsel. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it today? Give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet. Can we pray this prayer? Just this one line prayer. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Say it with conviction. Say oh Lord. Oh Lord. Turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Oh Lord. Turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Every counsel that Ahithophel has counseled your enemies to be turned into foolishness in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Pray with aggression. Pray with fervency. Just five minutes. Open your mouth and pray. Ask the Lord to turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Every counsel concerning you, your family, this church, we pray that the counsel of Ahithophel will be turned into foolishness. Will be turned into foolishness. Will be turned into foolishness. 
in the mighty name of Jesus, the counsel of Ahithophel turn into foolishness, into foolishness. Every counsel of Ahithophel, every counsel of Ahithophel, every evil counsel, every demonic counsel, wherever they are, wherever they are coming from, right now, in the name of Jesus, we turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness, into foolishness, into foolishness. We decree their counsel null and void. We decree their counsel null and void in the mighty name of Jesus. Every counsel of Ahithophel concerning this church, we decree it null and void. We decree them null and void in the mighty name of Jesus. Every evil counsel, every conspiracy, every confederacy, every gang up against this church, against our children, against the members, against me, against the pastors, we decree its foolishness. We destroy their confederacy. Every gang up concerning our businesses, concerning our marriages, we decree them null and void, null and void, null and void. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pray, pray. Your life could just be dependent on this prayer. Turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Into foolishness. Into foolishness. Into foolishness. Every evil counsel. Every evil counsel. Every demonic counsel. Any demonic attack. Of the, of the enemy, of the Ahithophels, we destroy them right now in the name of Jesus. By the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus, we decree that the blood of Jesus will speak better things for us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, lift up your hands towards heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your sons and daughters that every time-sensitive evil counsel of Ahithophel, every time-sensitive evil counsel that has been programmed into their future by the blood of Jesus, I decree them null and void. In the mighty name of Jesus. From today, you will expose every Ahithophel around us. Every evil counselor, expose them around us. Remove them from our area. Remove them from our offices. Remove them from everywhere they are. If they are in this church, Father, remove them. Remove them. Before the end of this month, remove them. Every evil counselor, every evil beast among us, remove them in the name of Jesus. Let your church continue to march forward, stronger and stronger, higher and higher on every side. Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah! Ha!
Hallelujah. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293 Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Covenant is here again. Join host Pastors Adama and Zama Segbeji for Covenant 2019 with the theme, Let My Covenant People Go, with special guest speakers, Pastors Taiwo and Nomthi Orekoya from the Fountain of Life Church, Lagos, Nigeria. Guest artists include Lydia Cobbs, Victory Voices, and Vine Song. Dates are 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night. The venue is the Caris Center, West Green Drive, Crawley, West Sussex, RH 11 7EL. Call 07938-494-294 or email info at solutionchapel.org. The website for more information is solutionchapel.org. Again, that's the 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night at the Caris Center. Don't miss Covenant 2019. Let my covenant people go.